thank you, Sabian. Thank you, everyone at Oxford for inviting me here. Uh, it's only my second time in Oxford, but I really love it here. Um, I will be presenting this recounting the Puri Peru multidimensional approach. Uh, this is a little outline of what I'll be talking about the motivation, the uh, uh, comparison framework that I use for this paper, uh, the dimensions, then uh, applying the comparison strategy that I presented previously, and finally I make this uh, poverty and policy discussion trying to compare the monetary indicator with the multidimensional poverty that I calculate. And so um, between years 2004 and 2008, Peru experienced a historically impressive economic expansion uh, with uh, per capita GDP growing at a 7% uh, average per year. Um, the monetary poverty, the official uh, poverty figures also show a great improvement with a 12 percentage uh, decrease coming from a 48.6% in 2004 to uh, 362 in 2008. So a uh, question naturally arrived um, in the context of great, uh, uh, a lot of politicians trying to, um, try to try a lot of politicians trying to uh, take this great improvement as their own for their political parties. Um, there was a lot of discussion about the great Peruvian miracle and everybody was very optimistic. So I wanted to take this optimism with a little uh, skepticism. Um, and I wanted to ask if these figures were not masking some great, uh, some deprivations in other aspects that are fundamental for human development. Um, in Peru, we have now a, good, a very good and a very uh, rich living standard survey, the National Household Survey. Um, despite having this uh, availability of information, Peru doesn't have a lot of uh, exploration on the multidimensional part. This year has seen some greater discussion on multidimensional poverty, but uh, it's still not, not, not very deep. And of course, another important uh, one of the main motivations for my paper was the work by Sabina and Foster and all the advantages on the uh, multidimensional poverty calculations uh, that provide a simple and insightful, uh, very insightful approach for identifying the poor. I believe it will not only give, uh, it, will only, it will only give a lot of information to answer this concern about the monetary poverty figures, but it will also give, um, it, it will be a, a, a powerful tool to, for policy uh, and for targeting. Um, so, main objective is to address the apparent controversy between the recent evolution of poverty figures and the level of deprivations of the Peruvian population. I will show some of the indicators and how these changes are different in many cases from the great improvement on uh, monetary poverty using the Alcaide Foster Multidimensional Headcount and developing a comparison framework. Um, all, finally, I will illustrate how the multidimensional measure proposed can aid policy design and 
how it, it gives the correct incentives um, to focalize interventions. So we do not want a tool to determine if the poverty line indicator number is overestimated or over an underlying true level of poverty. What we do want is to measure the tension between the incidence of monetary poverty and the overall level of deprivations in the levels, uh, in the terms that I will be considering. We know, we, uh, yesterday, Mariama mentioned uh, this uh, really interesting graph, and I have a, a graph similar to this. When I compare the relationship between the dimensional cutoff K and the multidimensional head code that I calculate H, that we'll be calling H. Um, I'll show you this. First, we draw the relationship between the HK function and the uh, dimensional cutoff. We know that at the cutoff of 1, K equal 1, we will be in a union approach here. Yeah, here. And we'll be in an intersection approach on the other string if k equals the total number of dimensions. We know we want to stay out of the, both of these strings, both of the union and the intersection approach. Um, the function will tell us something interesting too, because if this slope, the value of this slope, tells us if the dimensions and the different variables that we're considering are adding information or not. If it will be a very flat, we know it will, it won't, we won't be having a lot of information for the different dimensions. Um, we then draw the PL indicator, the this, represent, this PL will represent the monetary poverty figure. In Peru, the official poverty uh, figures are based on a consumption poverty line uh, methodology. And we draw this line compared to PL. And the intersection between both uh, uh, indicators will give us information of the tension between monetary poverty and the multidimensional poverty. If this K, this K will be the intersection between the two both the two indicators. If K is closer to D, then we know the poverty, the monetary poverty is closer to an intersection approach, and therefore it's probably uh, over underestimated, underestimating the total level of deprivation. If it's closer to one then we can see, we, we support information that uh, their, the poverty line and the, the monetary poverty is un, uh, it's overestimating the total level of deprivation. So at uh, K was D, we have a larger risk of classifying non-poor individuals um, that endure considerable deprivation. I also use this distance in a very simple way, A, both distance A and distance B, knowing that if, if, if distance A is larger, we, and if it increases, we know the tendency to underestimate the level of deprivation is growing, and if B is larger, 
we'll say the opposite, and um, we will be talking about uh, overestimation. Um, if in this case uh, the PL indicator loses power to reject the status of non-poor, uh, we can be sure that those classified as poor are surely mid. Um, and we will be confronted with some probable under-coverage problems if social programs use the monetary poverty in this case. So what is poor improved? These are the, uh, the variables that I, I chose. First, uh, the National Household Survey doesn't have information or either on either the BMI or the um, undernourishment as we can find in the DHS. So uh, the proxy that I use is the calorie consumption. We know that if the household calorie consumption is under a threshold that corresponds with the household composition, then we'll call this uh, person deprived in this dimension. Um, we take consideration of education, where children between 8 and 17 years old we expect them all to go to school, uh, and if one of these children is not going, we consider that the person in this household is deprived. We take this proxy to health, we don't have true information about uh, the status of health, but we have this information on uh, access to health establishment. And if the person reported illness and wasn't able to access, um, being for monetary reasons, or being that uh, the health establishment is too far away from there. We take these dwelling conditions, taking into consideration adequate water supply, sewage services, um, non-precarious materials, non-crossed household. Um, if the dwelling lacks one of these characteristics, we'll call it deprived. We include, as I mentioned, the monetary poverty as defined by the National Institute of Statistics. And we add a vulnerability variable of where we take the household's head uh, literacy a condition. We know this variable, uh, we've seen in other Peruvian studies that this, this household head literacy it's has great importance to uh, estimate the vulnerability of the household to future shocks and idiosyncrasic shocks. We can see here already between 2004 and 2008 that there are some different tendencies in terms <coughs> of in comparing with the monetary poverty. We, I mentioned the great top percentage point here, but we see different uh, behavior in other variables. Not, um, there wasn't a lot of change for the calorie consumption, uh, neither for dwelling conditions, and we see uh, rising in the health variable that we use. So, what we talked about previously, this simple comparison. We have, first of all, the, this relationship between the HK function and the different cutoffs, and we have a slope, so we can tell that the different variables are adding indeed information for the total of the progression. We draw this for the line, as I mentioned, and we see that the shift between the years 2004 and 2008 of the PL indicator 
is greater than the shift of the multidimensional uh, poverty. In such a way that this intersection has moved, and we have moved from this uh, um, um, this, this presents the first term of evidence um, that the field indicator exhibits larger tendency to underestimate the overall level of deprivation. Then we measure some of the comparisons that I talked about previously, the A and B distances. And we're looking at these, these are our numbers for the different, the six different cutoffs. This is the PL value. Um, we take the percentage of distance and we see uh, another piece of important information that's the change in the tendency. We had a tendency to overstate, uh, to overstate the total level of deprivation and this in five years have changed to a tendency to underestimate the level of deprivation. So we can tell now that if we only rely on the poverty, on the poverty line indicator, um, we face a larger risk now after this growth expansion period to classify non-poor individuals who still endure significant uh, levels of deprivation. So, in terms of policy, we know that poverty measures should convey information that is uh, that it's valuable for uh, the effectiveness of social uh, policy. And the Al-Qaeda foster identification method has these obvious desirable features. Um, we know it's, it's composable, we have a lot of things that were mentioned yesterday about games. And we know that it is deprivation focused. So it gives the incentives um, for policymakers to assess the, the, the specific problems in which the poor are deprived. Um, so if the policymaker is not able to provoke a significant reduction in the multidimensional headcount. We know this can happen unless it focuses on guaranteeing uh, that it increases though in those dimensions which the poor are deprived. And I present here a cross-tabs. The conclusions here are similar to the graphs I've shown before. I present this for k equal 2 and k equal 3. And this non-poor-poor relationship we've seen before in other studies. Um, we see this near 50% uh, coincidence between both indicators, and we see this change between years for both cases. For the poor, um, we see although there is a decrease here, the, of poverty, or total poverty, we see the non-poor group uh, getting smaller uh, in the five-year period <coughs> by any of, of the cutoffs, but we see that these poor are moving, and we are not. The coincidence drops more than ten percent in this case for 2004-2008, and we also see this close to ten percent also um, drop in the coincidence. We see that this group, the, those classified as poor by the multidimensional classification, but not poor by PL, 
is, uh, is grows over time in this five-year period, both by any of the dimensional cutoffs. I don't know if everybody can see that clearly. I hope it's not that tiny. I didn't think it was that small. Um, I compare this with the, these four different groups, the poor poor, the, as we, the, all these different poor, poor groups that we've seen in the other studies, uh, also by household size. Um, here we see this change, the, um, um, how the change affects more those who are uh, between the, the, the most, the poorest groups. These larger household size families, the over seven, we see how the MPI poor and those classified as the field as no poor uh, increases in by eight percent, nearly nine eight percent uh, in the five-year period, and we see that the change for the smaller households is not that great. The more we move to a greater household size, this uh, this group, this group identified as MPI poor but not monetary poor grows. And we see that, uh, and we also see naturally that the coincidence also increases as we move to larger houses. In terms of the education of household health, of household uh, health education, um, we also see that those in more larger deprivation uh, tend to have a larger tendency as we will expect that the poorest of the poor have more coincidence between the monetary poor and the uh, multidimensional quality indicator. Those without schooling have this large 73% coincidence, which drops for 2008. And we see how the MPI of poor non and non-monetary poor also increases. And how this change presents some difference um, as we move to larger uh, numbers of uh, to years of schooling. This is a personal comparison between urban and rural. Uh, rural. Uh, actually, I, I was, it was interesting for me to see that these numbers have some similarity to the Uganda numbers. Um, the 67% and this, uh, uh, well, this, um, this rural being almost double of times of the urban population. And we see that there's not much change in this case for the MPI poor and non poor, uh, and PL non poor. And finally, I, I add this geographical regions comparison. Uh, the northern coast, the coast in general in, in Peru is generally less poor. We see particularly Lima, that's the capital of Peru, and the central coast, which is, which is uh, the geographical uh, section uh, near and uh, around metropolitan Lima. Here we see a small uh, coincidence, as it might be expected, and we see a greater coincidence for the poorest that tend to be the southern highlands here, uh, the, uh, all the highlands here, and um, the jungle here. Uh, finally, I give you a small map. This is my country, a little bit oddly, oddly shaped, but really pretty on the inside. <laughs> um, 
Um, we see what happens if we use the monetary indicator, and on this side, um, we see what happens um, if we use by a uh, cutoff of two uh, for the multidimensional uh, property raw fat count. How much? One. Okay, perfect. Um, okay, so these are the radius in Peru, and we see basically that it has gone a little bit redder. Uh, it's more it's more red our map and not only that there is coincidence for the southern highlands great level of deprivation but there's difference for this jungle section of Peru which is Loreto. This great jungle section has a significant difference in both groups. Uh, we can conclude then that the 12 percentage point uh, although being good news it has to be taken with some as uh, skepticism and um, it hasn't been accompanied by the same increase in the access to other important assets that I showed before and uh, we face a larger risk of classifying the poor as we have experienced this larger growth for Peru. Um, this multidimensional headcount proposed is larger than or equal to the monetary poverty line for most regions and there's difference for the northern Amazon that we saw previously. Um, finally, we can say that the deprivations endured by the multidimensional poor are similar across regions, and I can tell you that it's concentrated in health and well conditions in particular. That will be all. Thank you.